Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to the Nerd of Godcast, where Christ culture and nerd culture are the proverbial shampoo and conditioner of your soul. One going on first to make you clean, and the other one following it up to leave you silky and smooth. And uh, my name, my name is Tony T. And it's bath time, apparently. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Schwan. <laughs> For the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about Christ culture and nerd culture, all the things that make us geek out and give glory to God. But I'm not going to be doing it all by myself because over to my left, fierce in temperament and stout in heart, and with me as always, it's Steve O. Supremo. Is that it, Tony? Did the penguin tell you to do this? <laughs> Go home, penguin. No joke. This uh, real quick side trail. Uh, my niece started third grade this year, so on Aww. her first day of third grade, she came home, and I was like, Allison, what grade are you in now? And she goes, third grade. I was like, wow, first and second grade are easy, but social studies, long division, this is going to be tough. My sister busted out laughing. My niece looked at me, she goes, what? <laughs> Real quick, I'm going to take a little sidebar to your sidebar. Okay. Um, I need to talk to you about your sister after the show. Uh-oh. Not bad. Good things. Oh, okay, good. Talk to me about your sister. It's, it's your responsibility to remind me. Good things are happening. And we can be a part of it. Okay. But you have to remind me. That's exciting. I don't know if I can. I, my phone's that near me. I can't send it. Tie a string around your finger. Hold Every, on. Wait, wait, wait. See if my watch will do it. Nope. No? Let's move nope. on. All right. <laughs> remind me in two hours to talk to Tony about Wendy. You're a useless Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> you're useless. Well, you will not tap me when you're While Stephen tries to beat his Apple Watch into submission, uh, I dried my eyes over across the table to my friend who is jolly in nature, hilarious by design, often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. I'm like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. Aww. <laughs> I was thinking you're more like Tim Allen in Jungle to Jungle. Oh, a Tim irresponsible Allen. parent. <laughs> yes. I like exactly. think about his kid. His I, I, you know what? Child. As long as I've known you, I've never once seen you with your kids. That's <laughs> yeah, I, Tito, Jermaine. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Where are the Netflix? Michael, that I've heard so much about Jackie. <laughs> I like. Oh. I like. To, I like to think of Neff as Tim Allen from Galaxy Quest. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, by by Grab Thar's hammer. You shall be avenged I by shall. the sons of Warvin. <laughs> All right. Uh, across the table, uh, definitely raising our cute factor, if nothing else. She's salt in the outside, sweet on the inside, and she's pocket-sized all over. It is Jackie freaking Wilson. I absolutely love pockets. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dress. It has pockets. It has pockets. You like hot pockets. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. What's your favorite hot pocket? The Philly cheesesteak. Oh, oh, I've never had that one. Good answer. good answer. I've only ever had the normal one. Can I ask a question? Not being a hot pocket guy, do they have breakfast hot pockets? Yes, probably. I for a long time thought they yes, only they had do. breakfast hot pockets. When I found out there was like regular meal hot pockets, <laughs> I was so excited. Wait, 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 wait. Can we not glass by the fact she's like, they're regular hot pockets? Like, so I, she went from zero to Wendy Williams in like two seconds right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I was only aware of like pepperoni and cheese hot. Yeah, that's the only yeah. one I ever had. It was the only ham and ever, like ham and like ham and cheese ones in my home growing up, and that's like breakfast to me. So I was wait, like, ham and cheese is not the breakfast one. It can be breakfast. It can yeah. be, but that's ham not the breakfast be, one. It's, yeah, I'm no. not gonna lie. In the last two months, ham and cheese hot pockets have been my breakfast. They're a breakfast hot Almost pocket. All right, that's Create a, a poll. A point so. for uh, for Elise Mari. Thank you, Neff. You're going to have a hot pocket for breakfast? Get ready to call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hi, 
Hot Pockets or where Lise Marie comes from. Caliente pockets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to uh, to the other side of the table. Sometimes sassy, always classy. She makes being nerdy look good. It's Aww. the lady, Lise Money. Hello, everybody. What's going on, I'm, Hot Pocket? I'm, I'm like, you guys don't understand how excited I am about this Hot Topic. Hot Topic. This Hot Topic. <laughs> this I hot topic, topic I the Hot, hot Pocket. I like eating crappy microwave breakfast sandwiches with goth kids. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Hot Topic's not for goth kids anymore. No. no. It's for rappers. <laughs> Wait, what? And, what? And, wrestle, and wrestling fans. If you walk into Hot, hot Topic, what used to be a wall full of uh, band tees yeah. is now a wall full of hip-hop it's all, artists, it's all My Little Pony, shirts. And, and Rick and Morty. Oh, my gosh. Wait, real quick, before he leaves, can, can you come in and sit down with us for just a second? Just, just a few seconds. We've got Ooh. a friend that's sort of here in the studio tonight. He's been helping us out, doing some photography, and we're going to invite him to come and sit down. We've actually talked about him on the show and in our Daily Devo, but all the way from Uganda, Africa, it hey. is our friend Friday. Hey, Friday. Welcome to the Friday. Nerdy Godcast. You're good. <laughs> Have you ever been on a podcast before? No, no, it's my first time. First time. So you, you are from Africa. Yep. How is that? Cool. It's cool. Are there podcasts in Africa? Of course. Of oh. course. <laughs> so, uh, so do you like nerdy stuff, Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the facial expression. No. So, so you moved here. You'd never been to the United States before. You moved here and um, and you experienced our culture. What was your impression of uh, America being here for the first time? You can be uh, honest. <laughs> yeah, tell us the truth. Yeah, the truth is uh, the first time I got here, uh, I thought U.S. was boring. Oh yeah, yeah, boring. Yes, boring. Because uh, when I when they picked me from the airport. Like, I looked around, and I'm not seeing people on the streets. You can't see anyone moving. I'm like, which country is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a country where people pull their car into their garage yeah. and don't talk to anybody. Okay. Now, in, in, in Africa, like, if you see things in America, is it always, like, New York City where there's, like, 2,000 people on a two-lane road? Is that, like, what yeah. the general census of, like, what America is like for people in Africa? Uh, yeah, pretty much is uh, where I come from. It's a town, so it's busy. You always see people moving around here and there, so... It was kind of crazy, and I was asking myself, you know, where where are the people? Why is <laughs> everything is quiet? <laughs> but now you're getting a little more used to it. Yes. I hope that it's your impression is, is changing and warming up a little bit. So this is the one question I really want. And Friday has been here tonight helping us with some photography. He is an amazing and, and gifted photographer. He's doing some promo shots for our show. So thank you, Yes, Friday. Ross, thank, thank you. You're welcome. Friday, you, um, you, when you got here, you and your wife, uh, who is not African, mm -hmm. she is oh. Puerto Rican. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not least money. <laughs> you and your wife, Crystal, uh, went to go see the movie The Black Panther. Yes. <laughs> so tell us how what an African feels about the African Marvel Cinematic Universe hero. Uh, first of all, the movie was so interesting. Yeah. Because uh, it had this accent where you feel like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm home. I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> My second time here in the U.S., I was speaking, and this guy, it was a young guy, a young boy, told me, are you from Wakanda? That's just when you do the Wakanda Wakanda forever. People, is the Black Panther a big deal in Africa? Do people like that? Yeah, people like it. Uh, by the time I came to the U.S., it was trending because it was all over everywhere. Everyone was talking about it, so it was a famous movie right there. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, we know you ha- you were on your way out the door. I just wanted to stop you because I've always wanted to have that conversation with you about the Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Black Panther, what's your favorite kind of nerdy thing? Superheroes or have you have you seen Star Wars? Yeah, I like Star Wars. It's a it's a good film, and um, pretty much uh, Marvel films. I like them, but they all the same. You know, they keep on repeating the the stories. Like uh, like if if you look at the Avengers. Infinity War, yeah, and you compare Avengers to Age of Ultron, or yeah, yeah. So all these movies, you see that they bring all the actors from yeah. other movies and they put them together. Yeah, that's so the pre- point. So pretty <laughs> much, like the story is the same, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's uh, different ways that they, you know, they it's Captain America, it's Iron Man, it's Iron Man together with Captain America, it's Iron Man fighting it's against like Captain America. It's like a Mexican America. restaurant. <laughs> 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 it's like all good things, but all the same things. <laughs> I don't think we can top that conversation. Do you want, do you want meat and cheese and a flour tortilla? How yeah. would you like a taco burrito? enchilada they're all the same chimichanga take the whole thing and deep fry it well thank you friday once again for your photos thank Mm -hmm. you for being with us on the nerdy guy cast can we give friday some love everybody yeah Yeah. thank you friday (laughs) thank you thank you you. jumbo thank you (laughs) (laughs) so glad to have friday hanging out with us for even just a moment Mm -hmm. but uh but not to be overshadowed by his african brother uh we slide over to the booth the man pushing all the buttons and uh making everything happen hard work beats Brilliance when brilliance won't work hard. But we don't have to worry because this young man has both of them covered. It is Perry's own Nicholas W. Sadler. Hello. Hi, Nick. Hey. Hey. Hi, Nick. I miss the different middle names. You missed it. I, I, I thought I was it. leaving it behind. I feel like I was getting it was getting a little thin. I was wearing it out a little bit. Could you just not think of any more W names? No, I there's I have a, a ton of W names. The internet you, is filled with W names. You just gotta bring it up like randomly. Nicholas wearing it out sadly. <laughs> there you go. Connect with all of us. Let us know how you guys are doing, how your week has been. The best way for you to do that is finding us on social media. We hang out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can find our blog online at www.nerdofgodcast.com or you can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you, connect with you, and exchange whimsical animated gifts with you. If you'd like to give us a call, you can actually give us a call on our Nerd of Godcast hotline. That's uh, area code 760 <laughs> G-C-A-S-T. Call us, give us a shout out, and if we like what you have to say, you might end up on the show. So, um, what's going on this week? This has been a, a, a really cool week, and I want to tell you like why, but but you tell me what, what's going on in your week in, in kind of your nerd sphere. Uh, anything new, anything exciting happening that we're, is worthy of geeking out about? Uh, sort of, kind of. I, I was able to get a free month subscription to Marvel Unlimited. So You're gonna, welcome. Ooh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's, thank you for just buying the year earlier so <laughs> yeah, I could use your free month. So I'm going to do my best to read as many Marvel comics over the next month. Have you read anything good so far? Uh, I started reading Miss Marvel, the 2000, beginning in 2006 run. Anyone out there in the Nerd of God Squad has any Marvel comic suggestions? Hit me up. Let me know. Let him know, but let him know quick because he's only got a month before he's got to pay. <laughs> you're listening to this, other than where we're listening right now, can't guarantee I'll get to That's it. That's right. Anything else? Any uh, other fun nerd things? So, I mean, I don't know how fun this is, but my sister, which you guys all know. Love I love your sister. sister. She's, she's wonderful. She's a delightful Your twin human. sister. My twin sister, yes. My, my actual twin, not the false <laughs> twin promotion that twin. is often served on this podcast. Listen, wow. easy, wow. easy. That's my twin you're talking about. <laughs> she served up some salt with that. My legitimate twin sister. She is actually quite the nerd. She's quite the nerd. She is. She is very... 
very knowledgeable. And so she's always kind of discovering these cool little like things that are out there in the nerdverse. And so this is going to sound completely absurd, but we love absurd things here. So my sister has really bad allergies. She like sneezes all the time. It's really bad. Okay. And so she's just constantly that's her big issue. It's always been her allergies. And so recently she was online and I don't know how through what avenue this came about, but she found this like comic book series on a girl called Snot Girl. Snot Girl. What? Snot Girl. Googling it right now. Go ahead. It's a <laughs> comic book. I don't even know if she's a hero or like an anti-hero, but like her thing is that she has terrible allergies. She has terrible allergies <laughs> and like that's her like her secret like identity like she doesn't want no one to know she has these horrible allergies oh and gosh. so she's constantly finding herself in these weird predicaments and I don't know much about her her This back- does not look like a family friendly comic book. Well, there's different versions of it. Okay, well, this one is heavy on the fan service. My, si- <laughs> my sister told me that there's, like, different, like, versions of it on the internet. <laughs> and so she watches the family-friendly Please friendly do not one. Google Snot Girl. Google family-friendly Snot Girl. Holy cow. What? Snot Girl needs to put some clothes on. Is she allergic to fabric? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at. She watches, like, the clean ones. And it's, like, her at prom, but she has allergies. And you might want to check up on what she's reading. I'm just saying, this is your twin sister. Google the family-friendly one. Lottie Person is a gorgeous, fun-loving social media star with a perfect life or a gross allergy-ridden mess. Enter a world of snot, blood, and tears in this new ongoing series. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, It's by the uh, author of Scott Pilgrim. Oh, uh, hold on, wait. Brian O'Malley? Yeah, Brian Lee O'Malley. Look, you guys can critique it all you want. Yeah, that's that's what happens when I Google Snot Girl. But, but... My sister felt identified. And mm-hmm. for the first time ever, she felt like she could connect with someone who related Aww. to her struggle. So That's all I'm great. saying is if you're suffering from severe allergies here in the Central Florida area or anywhere <laughs> well, in general, wherever, wherever <laughs> and mostly are. in Florida, you know, you might want to just get connected to this character. So she shares your struggle. I had a good sit down with your sister a couple weeks ago where she basically gave me her like five point plan on why she thought it was a mistake that you were on this show. Oh, yeah. Oh. She totally disagrees <laughs> with my being wow. here. Oh, She's my like, God. She oh. completely questions your street cred when it comes to nerd stuff. 400% sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you put her on the show? I, can't, I was because leaving tonight, know. and she's like, oh, again? And I was like, yes, again. I'm a part of it now. He hasn't kicked you off the show yet. <laughs> he hasn't seen through your facade. Here, here, I'm going to give you this Bluetooth earpiece. I'm going to feed you in. That's right. <laughs> Read up some, some snot girl. And give, me, give me something to talk about. Uh, well, this week, uh, a big thing came out that I'm enjoying, the Spider-Man game for PlayStation yeah. 4. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's beautiful. And it yeah. is beautiful. I'm so upset with myself for not getting it, but I'm trying to be smart about it. The nice thing is about video games like that is it's about a 20-hour video game, so in three weeks, you're going to find all the people that are done with it that are going to be re- ready to get rid of it. And they're going to turn it into GameStop, who will give them 97 cents for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> do what I do. I try to find someone who's on their way to GameStop to trade that thing in for 20 bucks, and I say, I'll give you 25 bucks cash for it right now, which is $5 more than GameStop was going to give them, but $20 less than GameStop was going to charge me. So, mm-hmm. um, or I can wait for Black Friday. You can but I'm just saying. That's a long time. My way works too. Uh, it's a fun game. If you haven't had a chance to play it yet, it is it is a PS4 must own. If you're a comic book fan, you become Spider-Man. It's been really, really fantastic. So I have a question about it. What's that? Are there a lot of like awesome Easter eggs throughout? There's a, There are some pretty cool things. Um, I've spent a lot of my time exploring the city. There's um, a lot of neat little cameos and stuff. I'm still not deep into the story, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but you find a lot of great landmarks. So mm-hmm. 
not only are there real New York landmarks, and there's missions where you have to like take photographs of everything from the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building to Battery Park and uh, the Belvedere Castle. I mean, all kinds of different things across New York City. Uh, but there's also a lot of Marvel. Uh, the Daily Bugle is there. Mm-hmm. You see the Doctor Strange's Sanctum Santorum, um, oh, the Oscorp Building. I mean, cool. lots of that's uh, awesome. Josie's uh, Bar from Daredevil, um, mm-hmm. the oh. Fogwell's Gym. I mean, all kinds of neat little. Um, Do they have like a uh, the. Uh, would you like to buy a vowel? I lost everything. <laughs> Fantastic. Else. They probably do. It's the a really Murdoch great and game. Franklin like uh, lawyer building. No, but I did find a business card of theirs. Oh, yeah. So uh, you really, mean really Nelson good. and Murdoch? Nelson. Did I say Franklin. Frank- his yeah, first Franklin. Name is Franklin. Franklin yeah. and Murdoch. Froggy. Yeah. Froggy Nelson. Foggy. Froggy. He's healing Froggy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, a Bluetooth in my ear. It's just not feeding me very well. <laughs> uh, it's a great. It's a great game. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm gonna have to honestly, as much fun as it is, web slinging through the city. I'm. I still give the edge to the Arkham games uh, for a lot of reasons, but uh, I'm not gonna go into all that. Is right one of them pushing triangle to block? Um, it is. Yeah, I try to push triangle to block when the spider sense goes off. Arkham has ruined me for that. But you no, know, the bad guys are smarter in the Arkham games. It's more satisfying to to go into a room and have to like systematically eliminate the bad guys. And Batman is much more satisfying watching them react and get scared and uh, adjust their patterns. Spider Man's not there yet, so maybe maybe in Spider Man too, we will keep our fingers crossed. Least Mati, any update on the Puerto Rico gargoyle situation? Gargoyles. No, I mean people are still, you know fighting looking for this thing there was i saw a picture online and it was like someone floating around a a skull a skeleton on a drone and i believe that's an that's a good theory like what if somebody's pretending there's a car that sounds about that sounds sounds like some straight up scooby-doo stuff i'm just do they have scooby-doo in puerto rico i i we have gargoyles i mean (laughs) there was a show i used to watch called factor faked as one of those like pseudo like not paranormal but like uh supernatural kind of shows. You don't have to explain it. We understand yeah. from the title what it is. And the idea was they would take a video that was trending that was like of like a ghost or Sasquatch or alien stuff like that and they would try to recreate see if it could be recreated oh, using cool. like special effects cool. or uh, like practical effects and stuff like that. And then if they couldn't do it then they would investigate to I see don't know. That sounds like the uh, the Egyptian magicians trying to like do what Moses <laughs> did. Like throw your stick down turn it into a snake. I don't know. Like that seems like I don't know if I want to. If you find like the one real thing and then you try to duplicate it, and then like the floating gargoyle skeleton like eats you or something like that. That's, that just seems like Not bad juju it. to me. Well, they all survived every episode okay, well, because then. it's all fake. So <laughs> I mean, uh, anything else new happening? I got a tattoo today with you my sister. Did get a tattoo today? I did, and you it was a nerdy tattoo. It's on her, it's on her face. Girl. It is right on her face. <laughs> she's, like, face. she's our Mike Tyson. It is a, a full size, life size picture of Chris Hemsworth right across her face. Ooh, it's no, really it weird. is not. Can't stop staring Just kidding. It's Chris Evans. Uh, <laughs> no, tell us, about your, tell us about your tattoo, or is it too private? No, no, it's not private at all. So it is, uh, I, Phil I, Coulson on her buttocks, <laughs> holding the Captain America card. His name is Agent. Can you sign it? It's a magical place. It's a slight boxing. So, um, for, for those of you who've listened for a while, I've shared this story about uh, me and my younger sister, Hannah, and how, when we were younger, I absolutely hated her. Like, we weren't on good terms, and it was mainly because of me, because I was an awful older sister. Um, as we got older, um, started to realize, hey, we're kind of interested in the same thing, and we watched the Thor movie together. Right. And, I mean, Thor and Loki just kind of, like, hit us in our hearts, and we're like, yeah, that, that's about right. That's... That's our relationship is one of us loves the other one and the other one's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, that was just something that kind of kick-started the bonding, and she's like my best friend now. I love her to death. She's my favorite person in the whole wide world. So tell us about your tattoo. The tattoo is related to that. So she has Thor's hammer on her ankle, and then I got Loki's helmet on uh, on my thigh. Super cool. So um, it's super cool. It was great. It was her first tattoo, so that was really fun filming her reaction to it. She took it like a champ. Um, you just like filming people when they get their first tattoo. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool moment. <laughs> it's a cool moment. You asked me to. I don't remember that. that you was, did. That, was a long time ago. <laughs> that does you seem definitely. like something you would do, Stephen. <laughs> you definitely asked me to. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Um. So good. Well, that's that's really cool. Um. Are there any more tattoos kind of in the works for you? Uh, the only other one that I'm... Well, no, there's two other ones. There's another <laughs> sister tattoo. I have, like, three sisters. So um, there's another one with my older sister, Whitney, who, when we were kids, um, her, Hannah, and I only ever got along when we were playing Mario Party, so we want to get the little Mario star. Um, nothing big, just something simple and easy. So we wanted to do that. And then the other one that I was thinking of getting, I'm waiting till I'm in the career that I want because I want it on my forearm. <laughs> and it's going to be... I thought you were going to say forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be like a... Calculate the number. 600, three score, and six. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. But um, it's going to be like um, some stalks of lavender with Jehovah Jireh written alongside it because God is my provider. And I want to have that like right there, visible, like he's here. Rock and roll. How do you guys feel about... Neff, are you and I the only ones here that don't have tattoos? Do you have a tattoo, Neff? Across his chest. Nick, Nick, <laughs> Nick wouldn't get a tattoo. I feel like your mom would be bad at you if you got a tattoo. Would your, how would your mom react, Nick, if you got a tattoo? She'd be fine eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> that was my logic, Nick. Don't go there. So you, Stephen has like nine tattoos. I was the first. And then uh, Lise Marie has a little tiny, tiny one that you got in trouble for when you got home, right? I did get in trouble. <laughs> so, I'm rebellious. I don't even know. I feel like the stress and the pressure of, I can't even decide what sticker I want to put on my laptop. So I, I don't think I could put something on my body. It would be too too much Pressure. And that's fine. Yeah. Tattoos aren't for everybody. They're not. Yeah. I remember when I when I got my when I was getting my first one done, I asked the guy who's doing it, I was like, how's it look? He goes, permanent. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how it looks, it's part of you now. Um, cool. I, I I was gonna go on a vacation. I almost I almost went on a vacation, an impromptu vacation. That sounds nice. We had some friends, uh, and in fact he's been on the show before, Hollywood Chris Horton. Oh. Hollywood. He, he and his fiance are they they house sit for people and um, they're house sitting right now in Normandy, France. Ooh. And the place that they're staying, they're staying there for a month, and they're like, "Yeah, come on out and stay with us. We have extra rooms in the house." So you buy a plane ticket, we get you a four hundred dollar plane ticket, shoot out there, stay with us in France for a couple weeks. And I thought, I'm gonna go to France for a couple weeks. I'm just gonna go. And then I decided not to. I totally chickened out. But I, I, I <laughs> well, like my wife doesn't want to go to France because she doesn't want to get on a plane trip. And I, I don't know. Like it's weird if I go to France with Steve with Steven. I would have gone with you. Tony. I know, but that's weird. <laughs> I just would have had to quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you low-key want to do that anyway. Steven, what happened? I quit my job and then I went to a, a nice romantic France trip with Tony for two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> weird. It's really nice. So if my wife doesn't want to go, I, it's not like I can take somebody else. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't want to take a dude and I can't take a lady. So mm-hmm. I, I could either go with my son or go by myself. And I don't know. That just seems weird. So I didn't go to France. But I need a vacation. I need to go somewhere. I need to, like, check out for a little while. So Go somewhere at the end of September because that's when I'm on vacation. See, why do you want to go on vacation with me? Why do you think that somehow, like, my getaway is more enjoyable if you're there? We'd have a good time. Aww. Don't encourage him. (laughs) Vacation. Kill me now. Montez. Vacation. 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 Vacation.
Yeah. Neff, what do you what do you rate it? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> <laughs> and that is on Neff's patented out of five hundred scale. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we uh, we we got to keep moving. We got a lot to do tonight. We have a special guest coming in here shortly, so we are excited to move on because you guys know what time it is. What time is it? What time is it? <laughs> It's time for Neff to have a small stroke. Uh, it's time for the best thing ever. Ever, oh, ever. Oh, yeah. I voted on that. It didn't take you long to pick that one up. Uh, tonight's best ever. thing ever, we're going to be looking, uh, continuing with our villains' best thing ever brackets. Last week, our poll was between the Joker and Magneto. And they swung Joker. around. Uh, and this thing just wrapped up just a few minutes ago. And I'm not going to lie, I checked it earlier today. And they were almost neck and neck. Yeah, really? Was closer, and you believe it was, it was so close. But I don't know. At the last minute, we had some folks jump on there, and uh, and it, it swung hard one way. And as was to be expected, the Joker did pull ahead, mm-hmm. leaving Magneto in the dust. So the Joker does mm-hmm. move on in the brackets, and he will face the winner of tonight's competition. So this week, our best thing ever challengers coming to the table. Are you ready? I yes, am ready. sir. Joker is ready. I am Joker is ready. That's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> That's grammarly incorrect. I started Steven. to say that. All right, from a uh, uh, all the way out in uh, as a, a master of the universe, we have He Man's arch nemesis Skeletor. That's the one I remember from the memes. Oh, Skeletor is great. You guys, are, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Burgess Meredith Penguin or uh, it was everything? Rah, see, yeah, <laughs> you have a penis one on me, He Man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go go away, man at arms. You bother me. Off, oh, off. Oh. Uh, Skeletor, uh, the evil skull faced villain from He Man, actually a really cool bad guy. Now, didn't he have a cool voice? Um, I'm not asking not, so you can do it. Not really. Asking. It was pretty close to what Neff just did. Like, uh, I'll get you, He-Man. <laughs> I always thought it was closer to like Starscream. You're thinking of Cobra Commander. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yes. no, Skeletor is different. Skeletor is like Popeye, but literate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Skeletor, uh, the, the Dark Lord of Eternia, uh, versus uh, from the Master of the Universe to a galaxy far, far away, Old Benji himself, Kylo Ren. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Skeletor. So we got Kylo Ren, the the Lord of the Master of the Knights of Ren versus Skeletor. Predictions on this one? I mean, oh. I don't know much about Skeletor. Yeah, Kylo. But I think it might be Kylo. I think it's going to be the Master of the Knights of Ren. Lee Smitty, you've not seen the uh, new Star Wars movies, have you? I have seen the new Star Wars. Oh, movies. which Star Wars movies have you with. seen? I've only the new ones. <laughs> okay. All right. So you uh, you feel so pretty I'm good familiar. about? Well, I just feel like I mean, they're everyone's going to vote for Kylo Ren. That's a shame. I need all my 80s kids to well, really step up on this one. Well, listen, <laughs> help me out for nothing more like, but for the virtue of Saturday morning cartoons <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, ecto-cooler juice boxes. Skeletor please. is cool, but Kylo Ren is unhinged. Yes, all my 80s kids, vote for the kid mm-hmm. of your favorite Star Wars characters, Padme, or not Padme, <laughs> Leia, <laughs> Leia and Han Solo. The so grandson what, wait, of your what favorite. What makes villain? you think that the skull-faced guy who hangs out with Evil Lynn and Beast Man and Merman and, and Triclops and Lockjaw, what makes you think that he is hinged? I just know that Kylo is more unhinged. Oh, <laughs> you don't know anything about well, Skeletor. Well, if he's with a guy named Lockjaw, he's definitely hinged. I just, the only thing I know about Skeletor is the end of the live-action He-Man movie where he's just He just daunting. comes up out and he's like, I'll be back. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then it. he never I'll came back. I'm rooting for Skeletor. <laughs> so he I just hope puts he a gets foot out. For Listen, it. if you go on, when they remade the He-Man uh, cartoon in the, I think it was the late 90s or early 2000s. Early 2000s. And it was really great. And Ooh. they went into Skeletor's backstory. I guess his name was Keldor. And they, they he was really the foil for the King of Eternal. 
Eternia and a, a much more compelling villain. It won a couple Emmys. It's a really great show. Yeah. So. Um, he Man was one of those. I remember the first time I ever went to New York City. And we were down. We went to FAO Schwartz, huge toy store, and they had a display in the window on the street that was Eternia built up. It looked like nice. the cartoon series come to life with all of the figures on display and Castle Grayskull and the vehicles. And I just begged my dad, please, can we go in? And we went up, and I think it was like on the third floor. They had a whole. It felt like a whole room just filled with like He-Man toys, and I'd never seen so much in my life. And my dad just. Cleaned them out, dude. Like, bought me one of everything. It was one of my favorite Jeez. memories wow. cool. of my childhood. And expensive sounding. <laughs> How'd you get that back from, from New York? Uh, I, you, they shipped it. Yeah, back in the day, you just opened the toys. You didn't have to, like, keep them in mint condition for eBay. Oh. So we'd open them, threw them in the suitcase, and we were good to go. So I'm going to pose a question to everybody. So let's say, because it's eventually going to happen, they're going to make a new live-action He-Man show m- movie. Who would you cast to play He-Man? No. Oh, I don't know. I have two ideas, but I want to see what you guys. They're going to just make it Jason Momoa. That's what I was thinking was Jason Momoa. And that would be a terrible choice. Or Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, still a bad choice. Then who would you cast? It's too generic. Nobody. Dolph Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) (laughs) There's one He-Man. Was he the original He-Man? The guy guy who's playing his son in uh, Creed 2. Yeah, you guys have – there's too many things that are going on right now. But don't forget, before Steven gets us off track, to vote this week on Best Thing Ever. You can find it on our Twitter page. That's twitter.com slash nerdogodcast. And let us know who you think will be this week's Best Thing Ever. Ever, 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 ever. ever. You guys are so good. Well, coming off the heels of that best thing ever, uh, we are going to be continuing this theme tonight because tonight we're talking about bad guys. We're talking about evil people, the evil person, uh, bad bad people, evil like fruits of the devil. We're talking. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm trying to do the SpongeBob voice and I can't get it right. And walking into the studio right now for this very first time on the Nerd of God cast, would you guys please welcome my friend Howard? Hi, hey. Howard. Hi, Howard. Hello, everybody. Aver- well, oh, I guess average great, guy no more. That's a great podcast voice. Formerly average guy. Formerly yes. average, now well above average. Much above average, yes. <laughs> so, so, Howard, welcome to the Nerd of God cast, hey, man. Hey, thanks, man. Welcome. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. We, we finally met each other in real life at Megacon. Yep. You yeah. and your wife came by, and we got to, to meet each other. And uh, it was a real, real blast, man. It was like we kind of talked online back and forth, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like I recognize that voice. Turn around, and there we are. And uh, so, so that's cool, man. We we've stayed in touch a little bit through through social media, and uh, I'll just tell you this: Howard has been so aggressively nice. And he is he aggressively is nice. Aggressively nice. He's like, hey, I want to help you. Let me buy you lunch. We're gonna do some things. We're gonna and like he's been so nice. And my schedule has not afforded me the opportunity to finally actually get together with him. So uh, he had to just come all the way out here That's right. and, and crash our show. <laughs> That's how aggressively nice he is. From so, Portland, uh, Oregon. It took Port- a while. <laughs> it took a long time, man. He had to Uber all the way here. The guy's oh, outside. No. He's got the motor running. This is how busy his schedule is. I offered to take him for Chicago deep dish pizza, Ooh. and he still has not followed listen, up. Uh, listen, what? it's tough for me, okay? The rest of us are available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, man, we're, we're, we're tickled to have you here with us, dude. So so tell us a little bit about like what, what you're all about man where are you from what's your background what's your deal so i grew up in uh i grew up over in brevard county and then i moved away joined the army and went to go play soldier for a little while and <laughs> then, uh, came back here and and uh been in the web game for a while now um got into podcasts we did uh i started the average guys with some friends of mine yeah uh and january late january this year mm-hmm. and then i i went crazy absolutely crazy 
So I also started the Ace Report, yeah. which is a for soldiers, for veterans, yeah, right? Veteran-focused oh. podcast. Yeah. And and then I picked up a client, editing, producing, hosting a show for a political group. You're a madman. Um, wow. I did. I went crazy. You busy. Um, and I'm. I just concepted another show that I would love to do, but I don't think I have the time or resources. No. I, I, so I wanted to do a show called Battle Log. Okay. And um, I want it to be like creative storytelling around very influential military battles. Oh, cool. Ooh. With like sound effects and music. That oh, wow. Fun. Dialogue and NPR style. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. I, thought I like history. Really cool. If you ever get to the Battle of Chancellorsville, that's my favorite one of the Civil War. So the holler at me, I'll come over and we'll hang out. I like, <laughs> I like the, the Battle of Shrewd Farms, the southernmost <laughs> battle. Northernmost battle. Northernmost battle. Of the Civil War. Well, that's cool, man. So, so the the average guys, you just stepped away from from the average guys. I did. Yep. Uh, and now you're pursuing a new project, a big project. Oh my gosh, yes. So, uh, in addition, okay. So let me give you a little um, insight into my life. I'm I'm married. I've got four kids and two dogs. Oh wow. Ooh, uh, nice. My oldest just graduated high school last May. Congratulations. Uh, mm-hmm. And then my oldest uh, daughter graduates this coming May. Okay. Um, and I teach part-time for UCF. Okay. Um, national champions. Yeah, national <laughs> champions, exactly. I do three podcasts, and uh, we just got called to plan a church. So oh. so when I tell you that I'm too busy to go meet up for deep dish pizza, you, you have no sympathy. <laughs> None at all. None at all. Uh, you know, the things that are important, we make important. Oh. 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 Hey, I hand out the guilt trips on this show. Oh, my bad. My I'll bad. have you know. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, with the gray and the beard. That's what you it were was. Allowed to... You're allowed. You, you're entitled. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you're planning a church. Yeah, we are. Awesome. We're, uh, we're really early in the process. So it was just back around July 4th when my wife and I went away and we were just seeking God to see what does he want for us in our next phase of life. That's cool. Um, we both felt like we were being called in to plant a church. So we haven't, I mean, like, I don't, I don't have a location yet. I, I have a name. That's about all we got. We're going to be Belong Church. That's cool. I like that's that. Cool. And that's really, like, you know it has to be God because you don't just, like, say, you don't hey, just be like, I let's do this. do this really hard thing <laughs> just because. Right. And, and we don't know who's going to be a part of it. We, we have some, we've talked to some people, and they some of the folks that we've talked to have already agreed, but they want to get the word out themselves to some close people to them before they go and announce, hey, by the way, I'm going to be part of this church plant. Sure. Um, I have no idea what people group we're reaching yet. I have no idea. I mean, I know we're going to do missions work. I know we're going to do like all the concentric circles, right? Um, so Acts 1-8, the yeah. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, what we got was that was kind of the, that's the maturity of our church when mm-hmm. when our church reaches maturity we'll be operating kind of in parallel at all those levels that's cool that's awesome really cool man well do you have a target time or are you still trying yeah to we're thinking that out? fall of next year actually something probably october nice. time frame next year um we should we should be able to have the team in place everything uh ramped up the marketing we're going to try and launch large um and see you know just really build buzz how around cool. that how cool see how we can 
Well, that's do a big it. thing, man. We pray God blesses you on mm-hmm. that. I appreciate that. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Awesome. We're actually so. I'm glad you said that. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna plug this real quick. Go if ahead. You don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're uh, we're actually looking for people, praying people who are willing to commit to pray specifically for the church plant. Nice. Uh, and I have a website right now for it. It's ibelongchurch.com. Um, but we're also on Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter. I belong church. And there is a newsletter sign-up link. I saw that today. Um, if you are willing to just just to pray for our church plan, commit to pray. Um, the newsletter is how we're going to get out. You know what's going on, what uh, what prayers have been answered, what prayer needs we have, that type of thing, in the near future. So if you're willing to do that, go check us out. Uh, either at the website or on facebook.com slash I belong church. And that link should be right there at the top. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where I found it. Well, we will share that from our social media. So these guys are looking, you can see, uh, I belong and what Howard's doing over there. So, um, and that's fantastic. We're really, we're proud of you and, and we'll be praying for you. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Really sure. Cool. Yep. And, uh, and if you need any, if you need a, a dynamic young man to, to cut your ribbon, uh, on that first day, Neff cuts a ribbon like nobody's ever seen before. <laughs> he already has like a giant pair of shears and everything. It's it's. I usually use it for my hair. It's but. impressive. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is impressive. Uh, but tonight we're talking about, uh, we've got a, a cool topic. We've kind of had this villain theme going on. So now that we've had the hopeful and inspiring moment brought to you by uh, Howard, um, <laughs> the above average guy Howard, uh, let, let's let's dip down into the to the dark pool a little bit. Let's Freak talk down. about bad guys. These are the guys that you, uh, you you have to make a real conscious effort if these are the guys that you want to have come to your church. You know, if this is, if this is your <laughs> outreach, uh, these bad guys, they're going to make you work for it. So uh, I asked some of you guys a little bit earlier, and some of you guys I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell, tell us about your favorite bad guys who who are some bad guys that you that you love to hate uh the the ones that you just you, you oh when you see them you just get mm, feels and angers and skin crawls who are the worst bad guys or the best bad best. guys best worst my my particular five and in no order whatsoever i'd put umbridge killmonger loki obviously Moriarty and Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, that, which is interesting because there's a parallel between that and, and what Lise Mati said. Put, yes. So I want to talk about this with you. Yes. Why Azula? First of all, she's the reason we're connecting that is because yes. I, I picked and one of my five was Prince Zuko. Mm-hmm. So why would you pick Azula Wait, wait, hold Azula? on. Howard is nodding. like he, like he he. I love Avatar. Avatar is fantastic. Airbender. You're my oh, favorite okay. person right okay. now, Howard. But Join only, us. Not the movie. The no, 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 yeah, the cartoon series. series. The movie the is movie. garbage. We don't talk about the movie. Yes. The movie oh, yeah. didn't happen. Those giant blue people <laughs> running around. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> the new twins. Is Azula the the sister? She's yes. the sister. She's yeah. nuts. She's nuts. Like she I've is. seen the show one time all the way through, and uh, she's uh, she's crazy. She, she goes no off idea. the deep end at, the, at the end. Is that the one with the little bald kid with the arrow on his head? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that, I, 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 you're thinking, I, you're thinking I, a monkey no, ball. I know what <laughs> I know what Avatar is. I've just never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have younger good. siblings who that show is marketed towards, and then I was I mean I was still a teenager, so obviously I was like cartoons, yeah. So like <laughs> I watched that's it. That's who it was marketed you're, towards, but you're Jessica's acting like in her you wouldn't 30s. sit down and watch cartoons. Right I mean, I now. definitely <laughs> would totally do it. So okay, so so, so the bad guys from the show are mm-hmm. these two like bad guys together? Or are they like they bad are guys? Buddies? They're siblings. Siblings, okay. Which is super great. So why Azula? Tell me why you picked Azula over. Zuko. Because with Zuko, Zuko 
was redeemed. He wasn't yes. a bad guy by the end of yeah. it. Yeah, okay. um, that's a good point. Because he was a bad guy. He was definitely mm-hmm. a total jerk. Spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Zuko here. <laughs> um, but he, hey, he... That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, is it John Travolta? <laughs> he was a villain. Like, I'm like a really good bad guy or something. He was a jerk. <laughs> he treated <laughs> Sandy terrible. Good God, I'm, Whoa. I'm done. Good night, Anyway, everybody. for The Last yeah, Airbender... Ben, ben some fire. Because my first thought was, yeah, Zuko was a bad guy, but then I remembered that he did redeem himself yeah. in the end. Azula was just straight bad and then just got worse on the other. Like, she, tur- <laughs> she turned on her own friend. Yeah, yeah. What, like, what about her dad, though? Their, their dad. Their dad has family issues. But, like, so see, what the, thi- the thing with the Fire <laughs> Lord is that you didn't really get to hear his story. You just That's knew true. he's a big the bad guy. You bad got voice. to it, interact with Azula. He, he was, was scary, scary. But I, but he, he lacked the story of... He, That's fair. You know yes. what I mean? He did. I mean... What? The fire, Mark Hamill was the dad? Yep. Really? Oh, I did not know I that. I didn't know that. He's such a good cartoon bad guy. Good yeah. job, so good. Nick. I did not know and that. Zuko, also, you know what? Now that I'm here, also, also the Hobgoblin. Voice. Also the trickster. Yeah. And Zuko was played by the guy who played Rufio. Rufio? Rufio? Rufio! Rufio. <laughs> oh, okay, so you said scary. Uh, so you, you're talking about, about uh, Azuka? Azula. 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 If you're talking about a scary bad guy, who's another scary bad guy? Who's so, who's a bad guy? Like somebody that genuinely concerns you. Like, I am frightened of this person. Oh. Kilgrave. Okay, I don't mean to be cheesy, but. Kilgrave is good. What about um, the dude from the first Left Behind movie? Uh, Nikolai Carpathia? Carpathia. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's wait, isn't that from Ghostbusters too? No, no. Nick, that's Vigo that's the Carpathia. <laughs> also freaky, yeah. <laughs> very much for the same reason. Yeah, the guy. I don't know who the guy was that played him, but he was like freaky. He was good. Yeah, like I can picture him right now, and it's giving me the willies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the movie was whatever, but the but that guy, Nikolai Carpathia, mm, is, that yeah, he becomes the, the Antichrist, that's, especially the scene oh. like when they're all in the, like the, not the courtroom, the UN. But, like, the UN. They're the UN, oh, and yeah, he just starts. And, and then they all believe that it was, I'm like I'm like yeah he I plays like them the Jedi mind like, tricks on a, that was a great scene yeah well you got to go back was that the 2001 Kirk Cameron Left Behind yes. movie yeah some 2000 it's awful but it, no matter how awful it is it's still way better than the Nicolas Cage one yeah. oh yeah absolutely we've <laughs> been left behind okay so now you said uh, Kilgrave Kilgrave the Purple Man Ooh, yes yeah that one's terrifying yeah it's how my favorite mm. Doctor Who became my least favorite oh MCU my character gosh. oh he is he was he's that's so one of the awful. reasons why I love it so much because he's so like it was hard to watch. She's so yeah. slimy. Kilgrave like, from Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Season one. Because yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. You watch Jessica Jones, but but you won't watch Harry Potter. You don't get to come onto my show and judge oh, me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. There's some things that really bother him more than anything. <laughs> Tony doesn't like the witchcraft. I don't like magic. Yeah. I, uh, but, <laughs> but like it's just it's be, like I had a magician at my fifth birthday party. Pulled a rabbit <laughs> out of my hat and I've life. never gotten over it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neff, who's somebody who, who's a bad guy that freaks you out? Um. It's more of a recent one, uh, and it's kind of several, but uh, there was a comic book series called uh, Dark Knight's Metal that recently came out. The Batman Who Laughs. No, Well, him and all of the other Dark Knights. Yeah. Like, all, like, a sp- what were they called again? They, were, they had a name for them. Yeah, I don't know. I just call them the Dark Knights. Black Knights or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Dark Knights. So it's these creepy, like, alternate universe yeah, cause amalgamations it, between Batman and kind of other characters, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's the, it's the Dark the dark. Uh, universe or the dark multiverse and they're yeah. all from different uh, universes where their worlds get destroyed but they're all v- versions of Bruce Wayne and personally for me obviously being a Green Lantern fan um, the that one that freaks me out the most is called Dawnbreaker that one was the coolest one I he, agree with you he is uh, Bruce Wayne after his parents are killed uh, he has no emotion including fear 
and the ring instead of going to Hal Jordan sees Bruce young Bruce Wayne with no fear and he's like oh this kid can, <laughs> can overcome he's fear he's the best yeah so, and, oh. and of course no. and now it attaches to a sociopath and, and yeah and now he's crazy and he uh, melts Joe Chill you, using his ring, he overcomes. As, as one would. And he overcomes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to chill out. <laughs> Let's put chill on defrost. <laughs> Ice but, to see you. But the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, the rings are not. <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> the rings are not. They're not meant to be lethal. So he he breaks the ring basically and takes it over, kills the entire Green Lantern Corps, kills Jim Gordon uh, wow. after working with him. It's like it, he just goes nuts and he has this. And his, power. and his oath is like creepy. Oh yeah! Don't you don't you feel like it's a, like DC creepy. leans a little too much on alternate universes? Yeah. In the same way that Marvel leans yeah. too much on clones. Mm, sure. Just putting yeah, it out there. At least, buddy, who's a bad guy that, that freaks you right out? For me, I feel like bad guys that are like in any kind of a horror, like people that can kill other people. Like, like I think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like that terrifies me. Yeah, I think that's the that's point. point. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, no, and but he's based like, on a real person. That's that's what I'm actually trying to get. Is like someone who actually existed that could actually have the potential. Okay, to do so like not horrible. so much Freddy Krueger or something like exactly. that. Exactly, not like a fictional made but up thing. Hannibal Lecter. Exactly. Ed Gein. Also, Sweeney Todd. The, <laughs> the, the, the demon barber of Fleet Street? The, right. the stranger used to give me nightmares. Like anyone that's based on an actual character. The, the, and that's something that I, something I play with. I find really compelling with villains is that when you can relate to it or being like, I know someone like this, like Umbridge is very hated because we all know an Umbridge. Like maybe not to that degree, yeah. but like we've, 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 we've. We know that they exist in the real world, and it's like someone like this could actually like be in a be place real. of power and do that kind of thing. Yeah. So like having that kind of realistic background, yeah. it it makes them a more compelling and more scary villain. What do you what do you think, Howard? Um, you know, all everything that you're saying is exactly. That's why I don't watch horror movies. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> I like to no, be able to I, sleep at night. I can't handle that stress in my life. I man. just don't. In fact, I don't like to watch movies where there's not a good resolution. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. That's, I, I always hate the second movie in the trilogies because the, they don't resolve The dark it. one, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, like... Even uh, the Dark Knight? Yeah. I don't even... I can't even watch Unsolved Mysteries before I go to bed. <laughs> Just the theme song alone. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Can't do it. I gotta the, watch uh, Seinfeld now. So, so when you... You know, <laughs> like you guys talk about somebody who's based on a real character or... To me, it's, it's the sociopath, really, that makes it... So the Moriarty. Who, yeah. Uh, what's, uh, the, the Adams Family girl, when they asked her what she was. Oh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, when they asked her what she was for Halloween, she's yeah. like, I'm a serial killer. They look like, they look everyone, like everyone Yeah. <laughs> that type, and that's I mean, a terrifying thought. Yeah, that's a thing. That's the thing. You know, they always say, he was so nice. He was just a quiet guy, kept to himself. Like Who knew really he had handsome. all those heads in his refrigerator? Well, then you got, yeah. Yeah, like, that's, that goes to like Hannibal Lecter. Like, he, yeah. he disguises himself in plain sight to like all like the... Uh, the um, uh, criminal psychologist, like uh, I don't remember Ed, Ed uh, Norton's character's name uh, in the in I don't know yeah, Red no, Dragon, but anyway, but like he like he's a villain that's like he's it's definitely wild. crazy, but he like he can pretend to be like civilized and he puts off an aura of like oh this guy's got it all together. He just Kaiser Soze'd them. 
<laughs> Kaiser Soze. <Yeah. laughs> Just to use that as a verb makes me feel dirty. Uh, we, we asked some of the folks on our social media to submit who they thought was their favorite villain that they loved to hate. Uh, J. Allen Kenny said Negan from The Walking Ooh, Dead. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, one of the best villains. Alex interests. Davis put, um, now, and, and forgive me, I'm going to have to confirm this with Nick, but he put, I believe it's Gold Dukat, which is one of the Cardassians from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Deep Space Nine. No, that's I'm not Scott. Sure. No, I'm thinking of Scott Cardassian. I'm not sure if it's uh, I'm not sure if it's Gold Gold Dukat or not. I think it is, but I I don't know. I have a hard time. It's pronounced Kanye keeping West. Up, <laughs> keeping up with the Cardassians. He's the real villain. Don't step on my joke, man. <laughs> How uh, dare Steve, you? Steve Burkowski said Magneto. Brent Sheridan said Ben Linus from Lost. Yes, but he's not. He's, he's Ben Linus. Has, there's reasons why I didn't say him. There's the one with the blanket turns into a sports coat. Junis Rutherford said Doctor Evil. Okay. Natalie Natalie said Gru. Rebecca Smith said Doctor Smith from Lost in Space. Netflix. Harley Bellamy Daw said, uh, "Who is it? Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I didn't see that. That's I good. It's a big twist. You don't but see it coming. Meryl Streep is the bad guy. <laughs> She's. <laughs> well, uh, that was her choice. I always, always love you, Bukushla. Yeah. Uh, Jake Robinson Hi, said Robin. Bowser. Julie Colazzo said Hades from Hercules. Chris Shellhammer, my favorite answer, said Roman Reigns. <laughs> I, chuckled, I chuckled Boo. at that one. Peter Holub said Cobra Spear. Commander, Destro, and Baroness. And Sheridan said Richard III from the Shakespeare play Richard III. <laughs> I mean, how, wow. how is the winter of that this That's, oh, that's... Michael Diaz is with you. He said the Purple Man. Uh, Ted Guerrero said Megatron. Sky Mathos and Angel Chavera said Hella. From Ooh, that's Thor. a good one, too. Uh, Brent Sheridan. This was one I actually had to look up. I didn't know it off the top of my head. I had to do a little research. But Brent Sheridan, uh, Sheridan said Light Yagami. Uh, Ooh, which from Death Note. From Death, Death Note. Note. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. That's uh, a great one. I didn't watch Jay it. Jay Tour, for good. some reason, uh, posted a picture of Jerry Seinfeld. Because <laughs> <laughs> he created B-Movie. Agreed. Uh, I love the Well, if that's the case, my biggest villain of all time is Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay. <laughs> you ruined Transformers. Uh, Sarah is a nerd. At Sarah is a nerd, said Dolores Umbridge. At L7, said Emperor Commodus from Gladiator. Oh, yes. I've never seen that movie. Is that Joaquin Absolutely. Phoenix? Absolutely. Joaquin yes. Phoenix. Yes. Nasty. Joaquin Nasty Phoenix. Dude. Um, Inky, at Inky Pink said uh, Claude Frollo from Hunchback. And Josh Adams said oh, the, the Miz. So, uh, <laughs> I love The Miz. What, what makes Miz. a great villain? My, my, one, what I think is uh, one of the reasons why I would say Negan is a great villain, while Th- why Thanos is a great villain, is the the bad, the villains who think they are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So like like Negan specifically in the comics, he thinks he's saving everybody. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that everyone's good. If if you just just all come and live with me and do what I want, you'll live perfectly happy lives in this weird apocalyptic thing. And Thanos, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, I'm going to take I'm gonna take physical advantage of your wives, and I might hit you with a baseball bat. Yeah. But other and than that... iron your face. But this is the new world. You're looking at the new king. <laughs> it beats getting eaten. <laughs> and then Thanos in the MCU, he's he needs to bring balance. So, like, in their minds, they are doing the absolute right thing, which makes them terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, when you can kind of start to agree with them, that's like... Like, 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 I could see where you're coming you from. Know, Hitler had some good ideas. That's, I mean, what, what, what oh, do you, wow. and now you that's on of, the internet forever and ever. <laughs> you don't want to yes. kind of, but like, can you kind of agree with somebody like killing fifty percent of the well, people? No, no, but like, because it's when but they're he, so con- his like, motives, so and he's so convinced, right. and like yeah. he he almost makes a good argument for stuff. I'm not saying I want to kill half the population. <laughs> see, I would say I don't. I, I would say a but, better a better version of that is Killmonger. 
Yeah, but Killmonger, he, still wanted, he still wanted to have a bunch of people get killed yes, with but, vibranium weapons. But, yeah. but he has, like, he, other than, like, I'm crazy and I want to bring balance, he has a little bit more of a, like, a real life. No, my daddy oh, yeah. was a weapon smuggler and he got killed and I got a grudge about it. You know what? Robert Redford's character in Winter Soldier wanted to kill a million people? Great idea. But for security's sake. Yeah. So if if we take a look at um, Infinity War as Thanos' movie. Sure. As Thanos is the, the key player. He's the hero of that movie. In his eyes, right? yeah. He's, he's accomplished it. Does that mean we can add the Avengers to the worst villains list? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. What about Civil War? Who's the villain in Civil War? Oh. Not Bucky. Is Thunder- Not Bucky. <laughs> Not Bucky. Thunderbolt Ross. Is Iron yes. Man the bad guy Baron in Civil Zemo War? and Thunderbolt Ross together. Um, so what about... Now, now this is an interesting thing, and, and this is one of the reasons I'm really, really glad that you're here with us tonight, Howard, because we can talk about the villains that, that freak us out in, in fiction. We can talk about the villains... That uh, that kind of inspire our ire uh, across video games. I mean, we can go down the list of, of Sephiroth, and we can go. I mean, all the the, the Glados and all Sinestro. the ones the ones from you know the, Ooh, from the Glados. games and the stories and the movies and the books that we enjoy. But there's real life bad guys too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as we're recording this, it is it's a day that that we remember, and we have international listeners too. But I mean, all around the world, um, people are aware of the significance of the day, September 11th. And uh, you know, Howard, as a veteran, I mean, there's real life bad guys. I mean, when 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 did you when did you serve? Did any of your service time kind of overlap that that season in our country's history? Absolutely. Um, when the towers came down in 2001, I knew that I wanted to join the military. Uh, unfortunately, we were not in a financial position to do that right. because I would have to walk away from. I was programming at the time, so I was making an IT salary. And I would have had to walk away from that for E1 salary, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a private nothing. That's, that's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's basically um, nothing. In a month, I would have made what I was making in a week wow. before. And we just couldn't do it. Um, and the, But the thought stayed in the back of my mind. And I, I never really, I didn't really pray about it, but I guess God knew. Because um, he called us to the military in 2005. Wow. And... That was a crazy wild ride. I deployed, I had a combat deployment in 2007 to Iraq. We were in Baghdad and then we were north of Baghdad near the Iran border um, in the Diala province uh, for a while there and uh, and then came home. That was the only combat deployment I had. I ended up in Korea too for a little while, but um, it was, uh, the, the reason why I wanted to fight was because it's a spiritual battle. Mm. You got a bunch of guys, though, in the military that are not. I mean, I joined the infantry, mm. so <laughs> I'm uh, first of all, I'm the old man. I joined at 29. Wow. Um, second of all, they just want to shoot stuff and blow things up. Right. That's all they want. That's all they care about. These 18 year old, 19 year old kids. That's all they want, um, and they don't really care about the consequences. You know, drink, eat, be merry, because yeah. uh, tomorrow we die. So. And that was kind of the approach. I had a chaplain actually talk me into because I wanted to be a chaplain's assistant. He said, "If you want to, if you want to do ministry in the army, you go join the infantry." Hmm. So that's what I did, and um, we got over there. And those kids, they just didn't understand it. That when the enemy saw us, they saw Christianity. Hmm. That's what they saw. Whether we saw it as a spiritual or a religious war. Mm-hmm was moot sure because they wanted to kill us because they believe america is a christian nation Hmm. um now they should come visit (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's kind of that's kind of where i was but um i i I don't want to get too um 
detail, but the thing that solidified, we were there for three months. We were in country for three months. And the thing that really solidified why I was there, um, what drove me to be a part of that was we were directed to a part of a neighborhood in Baghdad that was completely empty. All the houses still had furniture. There was rotting food in the refrigerators. There was, and every one of the houses was a Christian home. Wow. Crosses on the wall, pictures of Jesus um, all throughout. You could, could, they were Christian homes. And we were trying to figure out, you know, they must have left. Can we get in touch with some of these people? We want to rebuild this community. We want to bring them back. And the local person that we were working with said, yeah, I'll put you in touch with them right now. And he handed a guy a shovel and pointed wow. to a front yard. Oh, wow. And that's where they all were. Wow. That's and I, crazy. it just, in that moment, I knew. I knew what it was. Right. Whether the guys around me understood it or not, I don't know. It was palpable to me at that point. And as, as far as, as you feel like you might be when you're in a combat scenario mm-hmm. from God, you feel like you can't be spiritual and be fighting a war where you might take someone's life. Right. Um, I began a prayer life that I've never had before in that moment. Yeah, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, it was intense. So when you're, when you're there and, you know, I, I think the, the whole cadence, the, the, the timbre of the conversation at that time was we're fighting against this, this epic evil empire, this, this religious evil. And we, uh, we, we saw Osama bin Laden. We saw Saddam Hussein as, as these evil forces, these, um, the, the ideologues that, that are perpetuating this hateful, destructive, murderous uh, movement uh, coming from that part of the world. When, when you're out there and you're facing it, uh, they, they may, may not have the faces of, of you know, the, the bin Ladens or, or the Husseins, but how do you, how do you rationalize that? Like, am I, are you out there fighting against evil? Are you out there? Is there a sur- more of a survival mode or is there, we're, we're actually trying to subdue an evil force in the world right now? You know, when I, when I, um, when I got there, there was a lot of talk about why are we here? You know, weapons of mass destruction right, right. and a lot of things. And, when we were when we were in country specifically after we had moved north we had a, a neighborhood that was ours to patrol and we would pull up at random times and just walk around the neighborhood and talk to people um we got to know the kids a lot the okay. kids hung around us a lot yeah um the the things that took place while we were there fathers would come to us at our little outpost with right. a note that was written in Arabic and we couldn't figure out what was going on. The, the, the interpreter came and read the note and he said, this is from ISIS. Well, it wasn't ISIS at that time. It was Al Qaeda. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is from Al Qaeda. It says, if you work with the Americans, we'll kill you and your whole family. Wow. And they were putting these notes on people's doors and only, I would say maybe 10% of the people who received those notes actually came to us and said, you better protect me. Right. And so we did, um, I was I was lucky. Uh, the one time that they came against us physically, like there was an attack on us. I was um, I was on R and R. I was here in the states, and evil. If if I could define evil, this this is probably it. The the guy who um, was wearing a suicide vest 
we are, our squad had been in a school, visiting a school, making plans to repair a school that had been damaged in, during some of the fighting. Um, we wanted to rebuild it. We wanted to get in the computers, get their education system rolling again. Sure, yeah. Um, and they were on their way out of the school, and they were surrounded by about 30 kids, and this guy walked right in the middle of all of them and detonated his vest. Wow. And the children that lived there, not like, it's not American kids. Right. It's not. Not it's, soldiers, not. Well, I, I mean, he, he killed three soldiers. Gotcha. But he killed 12 kids. Wow. 12 kids. And another 20 were injured. By the time I got back, the kids wouldn't come near us. Hmm. It took it took probably four months for us to be able to rebuild that connection with the kids. Wow. I could, I could tell you stories all night about why I felt justified in being there, hmm. why I would go back in a heartbeat to protect people who can't protect themselves. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. I think one, I, I was, I'm, I'm in these, these leader classes right now. And they said that the, the greatest tool, the, the, the greatest thing that you can do with leadership that you have is to leverage it for those that, that don't have the ability to, to do it for themselves. And, and when you're there trying to help people, you've got kids. I mean, and kids are the perfect snapshot, I think, of those who can't defend and can't protect themselves. And yet in that part of the world, you see where these kids are. They grow up in a system where they may not have a choice but to uh, grow into these groups and grow into this idealism and grow into this uh, mindset that will eventually lead them to I mean, what we would call evil. I mean, just pure evil. Um, that That's a, a hard reality. You know, we sit over here and we're very sheltered. I mean, we're it's 2018. We're 17 years from from 2011. You know, we can't imagine that kind of evil. I mean, for, for us, somebody cuts us off in traffic and we shake our fist at them, you know, or, 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 you know, somebody, you know, talks bad about our sports team or sits in our seat in church and we get miffed and, and taken aback. Uh, but when you see a, a face of somebody that will, that will hurt and, and slaughter the innocent, that will destroy peace and, and, and love and hope and, and joy that takes life. I mean, I mean, I think that's where we see the purest form of evil is when we see someone that takes the life uh, of another. You know, life is a, a gift that God confers. Mm -hmm. And for someone to step into that place and decide that it's their right to take life away, especially innocent life, that's so contrary. I mean, that's the original sin, right? Or the, the first sin outside of the garden is the murder of... Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, we, if God confers life, we can't take it away. That's a, that's a terrible place for us to find ourselves. And that here we are in the face of evil. Here we are in the face of, uh, of a whole ideology that says we want to kill you because of where you're from or what you think or who you are. And it's not war. I mean, it's, it's just hate. It's just evil. That's so bizarre to me because in our world, I've never been to Baghdad. I've never been in, onto a battlefield like that. Um, and I can't, I can't connect the dots in my mind to how that's a reality for people, a daily reality. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, um, you, I, I mentioned that I was back here on R and R when, yeah. when our guys were hit, but so we, I was here and we went to Disney and I'm standing in magic kingdom going, we're here in this place where nobody's worried. Right. Nobody's concerned. These kids are laughing. Mm -hmm. They're having fun. No, nobody's worried that somebody's going to come around the corner with a weapon or a bomb or right. a car is going to mm -hmm. drive up and explode. And 
just five days earlier, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sitting in a vehicle with a gun to protect people who are trying to shop in a market. Right. Just trying to buy their groceries. Yeah. It's unreal. And and now now Stephen, you're the oldest one here, you know, besides Howard and myself. The rest of you guys in your early twenties, you guys were still very young when I was in first grade. First grade. Yeah. Five years old. Five years old. So like you very young. I remember I was working here. I was I was here at our school, uh, with elementary school and some middle school kids the day that it happened. And they were eating their breakfast and it, they had the T V on and we saw the first plane hit the the, the tower. And we didn't know what happened. We thought, oh, my gosh, like, look at this accident that happened. We didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so it was on the news, and we're watching the news of just this horrible thing that happened. Everybody's watching uh, with, with a little bit of curiosity, morbid curiosity, but just that we didn't know. And then the second plane hit, and we thought, oh, no, this is not an accident. We, like, there, there was just this sickening realization that this is an attack. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, we have a plane that hits the Pentagon. And then shortly after that, you have the one that's down in the field in, in Pennsylvania that the passengers, you know, mm-hmm. took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this was just happening one instance after another. And that day, we didn't know, if, is this going to continue happening all day long? I, I read an interesting story last night about the guy who was the air traffic controller who grounded all air traffic that day. Um, when he started seeing these things happen and he saw this, this, this the, the, what happened in New York, um, he tried to send someone a message it was his first day on the job oh wow oh, first day on the job and That's he, a day to start. he sent a message uh an email or, or whatever tried to put a call in saying uh, what should i do here uh do i need to ground air traffic and no one responded to him so finally this guy on his first day um said you know what no one's talking to me nobody's figuring it out i'm just gonna do it and he pulled the trigger and grounded all traffic and probably saved countless lives mm-hmm. uh and then he ended up getting yelled at that he didn't do it sooner which is a, you know great job it's, like, it's uh, my first day it's my first day guys and you didn't answer your phone but uh but that was a scary terrifying day when yeah. we didn't know what was happening and i remember being in this room with a bunch of you know fifth sixth graders and they're crying they're, they're terrified uh you know parents are coming from work to pick them up we don't know what's happening in our country that yeah, day. yeah that's one of the things i remember the most about it because i was in fifth grade and like half my class went home, <coughs> and so I thought maybe there's a hurricane coming. Like I didn't know what was going on, and then well, my yeah, well, you're a kid, you don't like, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. my that no. Was, I'm laughing because like it's Florida. I, <laughs> thankfully yeah. for us, we had the TV on, so our kids knew what was going on, which was even worse. I think I yeah. didn't find out until like eleven o'clock mm-hmm. that morning, and then by the, by then it was not over, but it the damage had been done. And then my teacher just said, they told us not to tell you, but I, I feel like you guys need to know. And she just turned on the TV. And for the rest of the day, we were just talking about it. And, and watch, like I think for like the next two or three days, we were just we were just talking about like, like how this is going to affect us and how we as fifth graders, how we feel about it. And I, I just remember like it was scary, but it, I felt like it like as a class, we were very close. I think that when you see something like that happen, the tragedy that I observed that day being here, being with kids especially, um, was there felt like across the board, across the room, there was a, 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 all at once, there was a tremendous loss of innocence. And that's what evil does. Yep. Uh, that's what evil did in the garden. That's what, that's what sin does. Sin took away innocence. Sin took away purity. Sin took away the ability to, uh, 
uh, imagine a world where evil doesn't stand behind your shoulder, where it, where uh, death doesn't have sway. Uh, and children can imagine that for for children that we protect them we uh, we guard them from those sort of things but there comes a moment when their eyes are open and they realize that the world is a frightening place and there is scary things that happen and boogeymans uh, are not imaginary there are real people that will hurt you and and that was a day that and, and we all have those moments I remember when I was a kid there was a, a boy named Adam Walsh mm. who you know he was kidnapped and, and abducted from a store oh, and, yeah. and killed his father was the one that did I think America's most wanted yeah. you know yep. so there was a, a but when I was a kid I was told as a small child, uh, don't leave us in the store. You'll be like Adam Walsh, and they'll find your head in a ditch. Like that was what they. What? And I, yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. a real story, yeah, true John, story. John Walsh, Absolutely. America's Most Wanted. No, like I, yeah, I know but that. But I was, but I, but it was very upsetting for me. Yeah, I felt yeah. Like that that uh, is, that show used to terrify me because I because <laughs> half the time those people weren't caught. So I'm watching right. this show as a kid, which I should have been watching it as a kid, and I'm just like scared. Like, what if these people are going to come after me? Yeah, and like, it's that's a, why I kept. And always that's a thinking. scary moment. But to watch that happen all at once, a, a room with 40 kids in it, and all at once they just they they woke up that morning and they had their cookie crisp cereal and they didn't think that their world was going to change. And they're really, I mean, as much as anything else in in our lifetimes, that was a turning point. That we mm -hmm. the the post 9/11 world is a different planet for the kids. That didn't that, that didn't live or, or weren't aware of things before then. It is a whole different place. And if I'm just kind of bouncing off what you're saying, if you even look at like how kids are dealt with today compared to like when you were a kid or when I was a kid, just like the dealing with like how you go outside and play and how long you can play and where you can go, mm -hmm. it's just it seems like kids are more and more protective now because of all like the evil that's out there. But but I don't know that there's any more or less evil now than there was before. But but I think that our world has lost its sense of of innocence. Mm -hmm. uh, we've lost the ability to minimize evil because it just seems like a real and present threat all the time. And and maybe when we when we look at these fictional stories and we make up these you know boogeymen and 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 fantasy bad guys and and things, maybe that's our way of trying to imagine that we we have a little more control over them. And and maybe that's a, 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 a as we enjoy this mythology, it reminds us of the story that God is telling. Uh, like like Howard said, you know, not wanting to watch. A movie that doesn't have a resolution you know we need to see that resolution mm -hmm. we don't mm -hmm. like the bad guy getting away with it we mm -hmm. we we can't stand we don't want the you know forget it it's chinatown ending <laughs> you know we we don't want that we need to have justice served we need to have redemption uh brought we need to we need to see the righteous prevail and the the unjust uh punished that's what we want because that's programmed into our hearts uh because that's the story that, that christ is telling in us that that's where we are so we have to make a choice as a as a as a people with open eyes, as a people who are more aware of hurt and depravity and man's inhumanity to man and corporate greed and, and you know, even our icons and our heroes, no, no matter your political affiliation, I mean, I, we can all agree that uh, there's controversy from the bottom to the top. I mean, even the office of the president uh, today, people have reason to be up in arms. And, and no matter, again, this isn't a Republican or Democrat thing, but all throughout the government and police officers, when I was a kid, I was always told if you're in trouble, you find a police officer. And now police officers are villainized. And in some cases with good reason, although I don't think that that's, uh, that's fair. Um, teachers are villainized, you know, uh, ministers are villainized mm -hmm. because we don't trust anybody. We see evil around every corner now. And mm -hmm. I, I think that we have a responsibility to, to handle the evil that shows up in our own lives 
the villainy that shows up in our own lives in our own way and to protect ourselves from that. Uh, so what should our response be to the everyday evil? What should our response be to villainy that, that is in our neighborhoods and in our, in our lives or in our hearts? I mean, it's just the churchy thing to say, but all you can really do is, is just trust God. If you wake up every morning and you just think about all the terrifying things that are out in the world, you're going to be terrified. I went through a crate like after especially after the Pulse nightclub incident here in Orlando mm -hmm. myself I kind of went through this kind of terrified phase everything seemed like everywhere seemed like a danger zone it was I thought so of all close of, to home you know exactly I thought of the school I work at a school I thought about oh my gosh the students in my school and when they're going to school every day or my I go to UCF I think this is such a huge campus I think of we're in Orlando there's Disney there's Universal and, and you start just thinking of all of the ways that the evil could be so easily penetrated around us and and you just have to come to a moment where you decide that you're going to have faith in, in God's will and his and his hand and his, and that he, you just have to mm -hmm. believe that he is great. He really is greater, even if it doesn't seem that way all the time, than the possibility of darkness that's out there. And, and, and piggybacking off of what you said to go even a step further than trusting in God is that we're called to go out and do something about it. Sure. So after the Pulse nightclub shooting, there were so many people like they had to stop accepting blood donations because so many people just went out and they and, never stop accepting and they blood never stop accepting <laughs> blood donations but like so many people in the community and and dare i say around the country were giving blood for things like these things and like i remember chick-fil-a like went up in the line i was giving them sandwiches and stuff like it's just coming together as a community and as a people and letting the darkness know that you can't Making the you light as evident as the darkness. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you said something that was uh, that really struck a chord with me this morning when one of the greatest tools that the enemy has, one of the greatest tools that wickedness has is fear. Mm -hmm. Because fear is paralyzing, fear is crippling, is. and fear is the opposite of faith. Mm -hmm. And if, if we can walk in fear, if, the, if we can be co convinced to live in a posture of fear all the time, uh, the, the, the power and the effectiveness of our faith is neutered. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible place to find ourselves, yes. especially as God's agents of hope and light in this world. One of the reasons why I'm glad I did what I did and went overseas to serve and to fight is because I got to put a physical, I got to add an, a physical aspect to a spiritual battle. Right. Mm -hmm. Not people don't don't get to do that. You have you have you ever been in that place where you're like. If I could just get my hands on the thing that is coming against me right now, I oh, would yeah. rip it apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, not that I, we came to that, but but there was a physical aspect to a spiritual fight. Mm -hmm. Sure. You got to take action. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that so for me, that's what drives me. That's what's driving me in this church plant. Right. Is that we're going to take action. Mm -hmm. It's we're. This is not a. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll do the pep rally on Sunday morning, <laughs> mm -hmm. but the game is Monday to Saturday. Sure, mm -hmm. and that's where people live. And I think that, that as long as there's people that live in hopelessness, as long as there's people that live in darkness and fear, and 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 they're not empowered by their faith, and they're not empowered by hope, and they and it doesn't seem like light has sway over the darkness. Um, Christians as believers, we need to we need to be the ones that that remind them. 
that the scales are in our favor, that, that God is going to win. That's the, the scariest book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. Ultimately, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, are you pre-trib or post-trib, or uh, you know, do, you, do you take it literally, or, or is it just a, a metaphor? The, the, the point of the book is this, God wins. Mm-hmm. God wins, God wins. It doesn't matter how else you read it. It doesn't matter what your timeline is. It doesn't matter if you're you know, an acolyte of Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, or if you're you know, or over here or over there. It matters not. The truth is God wins, mm-hmm. and that's the message that we live out. And that's the message that drives evil crazy. Because it, remember, the father of all lies, the source of all evil, what, what all this, the, the power that we wrestle against, you know, not flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and principalities, wickedness, uh, it, that's a defeated enemy. And if we started acting like it, evil would not have sway. Evil would not have the power uh, and the gravity that it has in, in so many lives. Um, one, one last thought, and because and we're, we're kind of reaching the landing strip here, but something that I've noticed anymore as we've become more comfortable. I remember in, in my childhood when um, Bill Clinton was elected president. And, you know, you have a lot of uh, Christians at that time. I was a new Christian at that time. I think he got elected in 92. I was I got saved in 91. Uh, and so I, I remember a lot of my church friends, my church family uh, were just against, oh, well, he's just immoral. And he's, you know, he's had affairs on his wife and he smoked marijuana. And, you know, I did not inhale, you know, all these different things. <laughs> And oh my goodness, what a simpler time 92 was because that seems so tame right now. I don't think Compared. any of those things, none of those things would even disqualify someone at, the, at this point. You know, those things that we are so up in arms about now and it's just like, oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Whatever, you know, like that's that's so tame now. It seems like the, the, the line between right and wrong has become so blurred and we've just really become comfortable, even within the church, at a grayscale of righteousness versus wrongness for lack of a better term what what do we do with that hmm. what do we do when when it's no longer right and wrong but it's rightish and wrongish and well maybe wrong but uh, but I have a good reason you know the, these gradations and that's where we find the good guys that are bad guys that's where we find the venoms and the punishers the anti-heroes you know you're doing the right thing or we're doing the wrong thing but for the right reasons you know and that's fine and fun when we're reading comic books but in real life what do you what do you do with that i it's that's hard because we all we all justify the the what what my wife calls the clean sins <laughs> you know like i get a little too angry at my kids sometimes well they're, they're kids you're supposed to get angry at no you're not supposed to be angry to the point of sinning sure right? yeah um my do i watch something or do i bombard my conscience with things that are impure right Am I, you know, do I not change the channel when the Victoria's Secret commercial comes on? Suddenly I'm feeling really convicted for watching Jessica Jones. Thanks. So I would only know that's bad if I watched it two times. (laughs) Just, you know, a little confession there. Um, I think it's easy. It's easy for us to say, oh, well, you know, at least I'm not murdering people. Sure. Yeah. At least. But that's not how that works. Comparison is the enemy of conviction. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, like me, I'm a fat guy, but when I go to Golden Corral, man, I look around, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing so bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of on the low end. Apparently, I was mistaken. I thought I was a double XL, but it turns out I'm a medium. <laughs> we, uh, so, but that's, I think that's it. In least my name, I mean, what a wonderful statement. Comparison is the enemy of conviction. We all feel better about ourselves as long as we're doing better than somebody else. 
like running from a bear, right? I don't have to be faster than the bear. I've got to be faster than you. That's right. Exactly. Um, That's why I run. <laughs> we, I talked with some of our students last week, and they were talking, they were reading out of, out of Psalms and Proverbs, and, and these Proverbs, they were talking about the righteous, the righteous, the righteous. I said, what, is, what do you think the righteous is? And we kind of unpacked that statement for a while, you know, and I think if we're looking at the righteous as a counterpoint, if, if evil is what it is, then we're supposed to be the righteous ones. So what is righteousness? Is righteousness, and this is the argument I made with them, is righteousness what you do or is righteousness who you are? Are you righteous because you do the right thing? Like, well, I pay my taxes, I, you know, I, I mow my grass, I pay my tithes, um, I volunteer at the food pantry. Like, is that what makes you righteous or is righteousness uh, positional? I guess it's, it's the heart with which you do things. I don't know. I think intent matters okay. um, in your actions. If you're, you're disciplined and doing the right things, but it's just that. It's being disciplined. It's doing what you're supposed to do, but it's not the, the faithfulness. It's like if you're giving your offering and you're giving your offering because it's offering time and I feel guilty if I walk away and don't give offering, or am I giving my offering because God is worthy of my offering and it is his and I return to him what is his. It's it's the intent behind your action. You say this and this is not a God service thing, but I'm going to confess to something right now. Um, I don't like putting tips on a credit card. Like if I'm at a restaurant where I go to counter service, like uh, a Tijuana flat. So I pay on my card. I, I just always line out through the tip. I always like giving them a cash tip. It's better for servers to get cash tips. I just, mm -hmm. that's what I prefer. But it always bothers me when I go to put a cash tip in their tip jar and they're not looking. I'm like, I always wait. I'm like, I'm just going to linger right over here. And then, now you see that I put it in there. Like, I don't know. So you know I'm not cheap. So that you know I'm not cheap or just like, hey, give, make sure you're better, sir. I don't want you to think. I don't like it mm -hmm. becomes more it, more important for me, like what they think the about me yeah. than that I'm actually doing the good thing for them. How many of our good actions are done for wrong reasons? And mm -hmm. does that make our good actions no good? Hmm. I think it diminishes it a little bit. It probably <laughs> at least, you know. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't Paul say that our good deeds are are like filthy rags. <laughs> <laughs> filthy rags. Uh, yeah, and that's a strong word. You know, but I think about, G you know, we stand before Jesus and it's like, but look at all the things that we did. And he's like, I don't know no. who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, what? what? Yeah. So what's the difference if you did all these good things and he doesn't know who you are? What's the difference between you and the wrongous people? What's the difference between you and the evil ones? If, if God doesn't know you, but you spend all your time doing, I'm throwing the air quotes up here, good deeds, and he doesn't even know you. So what makes you not evil? What makes you good? What makes you righteous? I, I go back to the scripture in 2 Corinthians when it says, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, we, I, I think righteousness is an, is an identity more than an activity. If we find ourselves transformed into righteousness because Christ took our spot, he became our wrongousness so we could become righteous. If he became our evil so that we could be his good, um, it goes back to the analogy, like, if you bark, it doesn't make you a dog. But if you're a dog, you're going to bark. You know, you can do the activity and not be the thing. But if you're the thing, what's going to flow out of you is, is the natural thing. I want to be righteous. I want to be uh, victorious. Or I want to be... Um, virtuous. 
I want to be, uh, you know, right in God's sight. I want to be a hero. I want to be the good guy. I want to be the good guy. I don't want to be the bad guy. And I don't want to be the, the guy who doesn't realize that I'm the bad guy. Like Steven said, you know, the, the best bad guys are the ones that think they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one at the end of the story where it's like, I thought I was the good guy the whole time and y'all all thought I was the bad guy. You know, like I didn't know that you guys thought I was a jerk. I thought I was the hero. But no, that's what the best villains do, you know. But but if we're coming from a place where we are right because of our, our standing with God, then there is no gray. There can be no gray. It doesn't matter how close you are or how far you are you're in or you're out and and we have to uh, make sure that our standing is correct so that we don't find ourselves inadvertently becoming the villain of our own story and because when we do that we can always justify our actions if we think we're the good guy then it's it's always right if we you know go down your list of things bailiff neff you know (laughs) if we torture or pirate or steal or you know collude or whatever we do it all seems like the right thing because we're the good guys you know okay we got to do it we're the good guys you know but (laughs) but forget it the bible says in first thessalonians we got to reject every kind of evil Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Romans 12.21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 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 And, um, and, and one last final thought. You know, we talk about the fruits of the spirits all the time. Stephen, love, joy. Your microphone's off. It is? My microphone's dead. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I always ask Stephen that because when he was a teenager, he was in a Bible quiz competition, and they did not give him credit for getting that answer correct because he said patience instead of long-suffering. Yeah, that is some legalistic <laughs> I know. Garbage. I just think that the judge was ignorant and they didn't know uh, the, 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 they were that they were long suffering is patient. That's it. They just didn't know. <laughs> They're the same thing. But we read that in Galatians and we talk about all the things that good people do. But before that, Galatians gives a list of, by the way, these are the works of the flesh. This is the things when they become manifest, and it's it's uh, adultery and fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. As as men and women of, of Christ, uh, as... As people who follow hard after Jesus, we should trim, uh, attempt to emulate Jesus. Mm-hmm. We need to be producing the fruits of the spirits, and that, that comes from a position of being right. If you're a, a, a fruit tree, you got to be rooted. You have to be nourished. You have to be planted so that you can produce that good fruit. Um, if not, you might be the bad guy of your own story, and uh, that's worth uh, worth checking out. So, um, any last thoughts? Um, don't mistake uh, a different view. As somebody being the enemy, I decided that this just can be because I remember a few years ago there was an uh, an argument I got in with people, and they were trying to say that the, my view of Christianity, or, or maybe like my denomination, was bad and they, it was evil and it was not of God. And it became a point where like we were so busy arguing with each other on social media, but arguing with each other that people who are watching were not getting the best view of Christ. Right. And I feel like sometimes we as Christians spend so much time finger pointing at other Christians that we lose sight of what we're supposed to do. And that's love and not hate on other people. And it make turns us into the bad guys sometimes. 
one of the things I live by is, is you don't get any points for being right if it's at the expense of being righteous. Yes. Mm. Uh, if you, you win the argument, you lose the war. So we're, we're supposed to be like Jesus, not win the argument. And that's that's a hard thing. But I, I think that stems from humility, which is something that, you know, a Christian should be. Bad guys aren't humble. There's no humble villains. You know, Negan isn't humble. Dolores no, Umbridge is, is not humble. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm evil, but I, I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm just here because I was. I'm just here to serve. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just a simple man with a simple baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. You know, I'm nobody, but do you want to know how I got these scars? You know, whatever you go down down the list, you know, uh, of bad guys, you know. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, humility and and love and and looking out for other people. So, uh, come from a righteous place. If you are following hard after God and you are in right standing with God and your life is bearing fruit, um, there's a pretty good chance that you are the hero of your story. If not, check under the hood and see what's uh, what's not plugged in. Um, and that is our talk about bad guys and evil Woo! stuff today. I feel completed, everybody. Success. It is. Uh, Yay. The, the air has kicked off in here about a half an hour ago, so I'm starting to get schmutzy. <laughs> but, uh, if you didn't get that, that was schmutzy. 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 With an Did extra you learn that in, yeah. in ancient Hebrew class? That is. That is you get the, the schmutz. Uh, so Howard, let us know how people can find you and follow you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Howard podcaster that's that's new it is it used to be at average guy howard <laughs> yeah, that's now right. it's at howard podcaster right. uh, the ace report is at the ace report rock and roll are you seeing a pattern at <laughs> i belong church man you make it easy for us yeah no Facebook. underscores or nothing slash the ace report facebook.com slash i belong church <laughs> if you let me go on i will go on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool man we are so glad you got to finally Thank hang you. out with us man yeah. it's a tremendous yeah. honor to have you so everybody good follow times. and like and share and do all those good things like that so uh that brings us to the end of our journey this evening um we, don't forget to vote online on our twitter for <laughs> best thing ever let us know who you think would win whether it's skeletor or uh Kylo. Skeletor Kylo Ren. Skeletor's going to win. I already have in my mind that Skeletor is going to win, so I, yeah, I just put old Ben Solo on the sure. back burner there. But uh, you vote. It's your decision. Let us know. Uh, check out our website again. You can pick up your official Nerd of God swag at our website, nerdofgodcast.com. Get t-shirts and stickers and buttons and uh, maybe an autographed picture of Neff. Uh, <laughs> but we've got, uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Again, connect with us and hang out with us. We're going to be doing a live show next month on our Facebook. We'll give you all the information about that on the socials. And uh, again, if you're not following us, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Nerd of Godcast. We're so glad that you made it to the end of this very long show. We love you. We bless you. Uh, until next time, I am Tony T for Steve-O Supremo. So long. Farewell to you, my friend. The big man, Quentin Neff. Goodbye. Jackie freaking Wilson. Bye. Nick, the engineer. Goodbye. Lovely lady, Lee Smotty. Make a choices. And Howard Salter. Hasta la vista. <laughs> Until next time, we ain't guys to go home. But, but we can't stay here. Buenas noches, and I want chimichangas now. Guess like what? A what? I didn't have to pee during this episode. Great job, Steven. You did it. I'm so proud of myself.